The Forum at 8 with Olani Gwala. Eight and a half minutes after eight. Good morning. Welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, the Reserve Bank has been arguing over the past couple of months that levels of unsecured credit are too small to pose a risk to the wider South African financial system in this country. That's one part of the story. The other part of the story, there have been some observers who are saying, well, it's becoming a bit of a problem. And among those observers has been the South African Communist Party. Just towards the end of last month, May, they issued a statement, and let me quote, from that statement. They said, the SACP is quite affronted by the dismissive attitude that has been adopted by the Reserve Bank in relation to the crisis of reckless and unsecured lending confronting the country. The SACP was one of the first organizations, they said, already last year to raise this matter and we were confronted by a know-it-all attitude of the Deputy Governor, Leseja Khanyaho. Uh, they go on to say, as the SACP, we are strongly of the view that it is resp- irresponsible of the Reserve Bank to adopt such a careless approach towards the ballooning of unsecured loans. Um, and let's discuss then this phenomenon in this country. Um, I'm just wondering, Mr. Solema Paila, the SACP Deputy General Secretary, why has the SACP adopted such a confrontational attitude on this matter? That's like good morning to and good morning to our listeners. It's not a confrontational attitude. It's just a, a cautionary warning. Uh, to Sounds a little more than a cautionary warning when you when you refer to the deputy governor of the Reserve Bank as having a know-it-all attitude. No, it's not even about uh, the deputy governor. It's about South African economy. Um, if you know the problem of uh, the world economy started in the 2008 as a consequence of uh, reckless lending by the banks mm. uh, in the U.S. and uh, it spiraled all over the world and it affected us even it's affecting our economy even today. And in South Africa, we're protected precisely. Um, not only, but in the main, from a campaign that we led in the in the, in the SACP and uh, the Financial Sector Campaigns Coalition, which was a group of organizations that uh, were brought together by the SACP. Mm. Uh, from that, we were able to have uh, a proper National Credit Act that uh, almost cushioned South African banks from unsecured lending and from being affected in the main mm. by what happened internationally. So when we see similar uh, tendencies happening here, um, we have to, 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 to raise this alarm. In fact, I was here sometime last year, if you remember, we discussed this. Lesetha uh, Khanya, uh, who joined me on the, uh, on, 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 online, was connected through online uh, with a debate. We were actually holding them at the time, and they denied it. Yeah. Later on, um, the National Credit Regulator had to deal with the problems of reckless lending by African banks. Now it's a fact. And we also know similar problems with Capitec Bank. But at the same time, many South Africans will know that they've received uh, letters offering them free credit, even those that do not actually qualify okay. for that kind of All credit. All right. And, and as a result, Kaskovadia, Managing Director of the Banking Association of South Africa, good morning. Good morning. Paul. Thank you very much. You have been accused by the SACP of also having a dismissive attitude and having arrogance in relation to uh, your response to, to, to this issue raised by the SACP. Well, far from a dismissive attitude... And I hope I'm not arrogant. Uh, we've recognized that people are in debt. Some are over-indebted. We've recognized that there is a problem. Uh, there certainly is no bubble. Uh, we recognize that there is a problem. And we have actually worked very hard with National Treasury and others in government to 
do a tremendous amount of work to identify areas of inefficiencies in the system, both on the lender and borrower side, and try to do something about it. But what is the problem? Where is the problem? Well, I, I think it's a multifaceted problem. Uh, I agree with Sully in his opening comments that that we have to look at the broader sort of social economy. Uh, we have a situation where we have slow growth. We have unemployment. Uh, we have people uh, wanting to borrow money. We also have a culture in our country of uh, uh, consumption through credit and a very low, if not a very virtually a zero savings rate. Mm. And, and all of those combined lead to a problem. Now, the bottom line is that people... There's a demand for credit. Mm -hmm. In my view, banks and mo most other registered lenders are providing that credit in a responsible way. Uh, the demand for credit is not going to go away. If, if people did not get that credit from banks and responsible registered lenders, they'd go into the underground. So in other words, the, you, you're saying that the banks and registered lenders are doing this responsibly. It's not, it's not their fault. Well... I, I think that, let me speak for the banks, because I don't speak yeah. for the others. We, we've done a lot of work with the banks. We are quite convinced that the banks are doing this responsibly. The banks are also one of the most highly regulated institutions in this country, mm. uh, not just through the credit regulator, but also through the South African Reserve Bank. There's serious reputational risk for banks to actually do things badly. Hmm. So, so I'm convinced banks are doing this responsibly. If that would be the case then, Mr. Mapaila, uh, it means you're backing up the wrong tree. You, you, you're backing up uh, the people who are doing this responsibly, who are well-regulated, who are well-capitalized, and who are doing this within the ambit of the law. Yes. Um, no, I'm not backing up the wrong tree, but let me say this, that... Um, if uh, the banks are over-regulated, which has always been a, a, an issue raised by Bas and the main, why was African Bank found in this condition? At the same time, why is it now a problem with Capitec Bank? And these are institutions that are supposed to be under severe regulation. Again, we, we, need to, we need to understand what the problems with those two banks uh, is. What, what is the problem with those two banks? Is it not necessarily, and this happens everywhere, that you would have uh, not, uh, uh, bad loans and you have impairments, and impairments happen? No. In, in terms of the regulatory system, you cannot loan above a particular range. Uh, based on what you have in the, in the, in the, in the coffers. Mm. So you have to mitigate against that. But in this instance, because of the insatiable appetite for, 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 for credit by people, uh, because of this uh, crisis of uh, the economy worldwide, People have been trying to get something in order to just um, uh, move on with life because it has been difficult. The yes, which is the, which is the issue. The software. issue is that there's demand. But, well, the demand must be regulated. And in this instance, the regulation is not effective. It's not as strong. In fact... How do you regulate demand? Let, wait, 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 let, let, let me also uh, point out this way because that's where the major problem... That's where we, are, we, are, where we have actually raised this question. In fact, that's the reason why actually we have now even begun to hear comments from the Reserve Bank is that the Reserve Bank have allowed the big four banks, and I think that's where the, that's the, that's the crux of the issue, the fact that we have spoken about the big banks, the big four in the main, Standard Bank, NetBank, FNB, and APSA. These four banks, essentially, they are the, they are the monopoly of the African uh, financial system in the banking se uh, uh, sector. 
other banks will be affected, few people will be affected and so forth. But if these ones are affected, mm. there will be a major crisis, financial crisis in the country. It is therefore when we raise concern about them because themselves, having seen the success of Capitec, even some success of uh, African bank mm. in the loaning market, mm. they decided to jump into that particular queue. And that's what the concern And Mr. Kovari, it, it may be true. The, the margins are pretty, very good in the unsecured lending space and it's known because of the interest rates and so on and therefore you've you've had even the banks such as as mr mapaila has pointed out fnb apsa netbank and standard bank moving into this unsecured space no absolutely they've moved into the unsecured space but but that's what an open economy and competition is all about on the one hand we say there's no competition Hmm. on the other hand where two banks are quite prevalent in the unsecured lending market and then other banks begin to enter that increases competition in that market. In the long term, that's got to be good for that market. Now, Competition at the expense of the consumer? No. In the long term, that's got to be good for the consumer. Because as, as there's more competition in that market, more innovative products get developed and eventually costs go down or, or, or products, the, the range of products increase. So I, I think that it's not a question of the Reserve Bank allowing the big four to do this or to do that. I mean, let's understand something. We are the second most stable banking sector in the world, even today, according to the 2013 so, World Competitive Report. So, Mr. Kavadia, the issue is, and you agreed when you met Treasury last year, that you need to review the, the standards. You've got to tighten lending standards absolutely. and so on, because these banks are moving in and taking advantage of an unregulated yeah. space in as far as lending standards are concerned. No, but it is a regulated space. We have a national credit. So why would you tighten them then? If, no, if, if what, we, what we said is that we, we recognized, and not just in the banking sector, but across the sector as far as lenders go, we've recognized there are certain inefficiencies, there are certain abuses. Mm. Okay? We recognize that. We then said, let's begin to do something about it. Now, now we can throw bricks at each other for as long as we like. The bottom line is we have a problem. We all agree we have a problem. All right? What we've decided to do is to do something about that problem. Mm. All right? And, and, and I think what we should be doing, the discussions we should be having, is saying there is a problem. Demand is not going to go down, although it's tapered off now. But there'll always be a demand for credit because of the sort of society we are, unfortunately. How do we actually together manage that in a way that people understand what they're getting into? We all educate and empower people through whatever structure we represent. If, if in the banking sector we pick up inefficiencies, we deal with those inefficiencies so that we, we continue to be responsible in that. And that's the approach we're taking. All right. right. Let me bring in my other guest then uh, on the line now. Uh, let's, get, let's talk to Gary Palmer. He's the Chief Executive Officer of Paragon Lending Solutions. Uh, Mr. Palmer, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you very much. How do you see the problem, if any at all? Is there a problem in the space? No, I think, um, you know, there is a demand. I mean, I, I agree with the other speakers. There is a demand for, um, you know, this unsecured lending space, but at, at, at what level? You know, I think it has really, you know, people said it hasn't gone into a bubble. You know, you know when, when unsecured credit exposure is, you know, sitting at about 440 billion rand, you know, as at December 2012, um, and that comes from a base of 380 billion in June 2012. So you can just see the increase just in six months. You know, it, it, it is a concern, um, 
but um, you know you just need to put certain policies and procedures in place just to um, you know just to make sure it doesn't get out of hand. But your analysis only only goes as far as the risk to the banking sector is concerned. What about the risk to the borrower? No, I think there's massive risk to the borrower. I mean, um, I, I just want to take a step back to uh, try and understand and give you my view of why it's <clears throat> got to this level. Yeah. If you just take a, a step back over the last few years. The, the, the banking sector um, has been faced with an increase in the level of regulation, um, Basel III, which requires the banks to hold more capital. Um, obviously, the banks are also faced with increased bad debts. So the banks had to look for other sources um, you know, to increase their margins. So when Basel III came, came in and the banks had to hold more capital, you know, the interest rates are at a low level at the moment. So when the banks um, lend money against, for example, commercial property, they've got to hold more capital against that, and they're not earning that much money uh, from holding that capital because interest rates are low. So the, the banks completely changed their focus over the last two years uh, from earning sort of interest income to earning non-interest income. And then on the interest income that they were earning, they thought, where can we um, increase our margin? And that's when the banks started getting involved in um, the unsecured lending space. So unsecured lending um, has been around forever. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you, you, I mean, I think there are about, in South Africa, over 30,000 unsecured lenders. Um, but then when it became, you know, when the banks weren't making the margin, they should have, and the banks started focusing on this space. That's when, you know, people started getting a little bit concerned. So on one hand, I agree that, you know, the increased competition, as a result, pricing should come down. But I don't think we've seen pricing come down. I think the risk to the borrower is that what the banks and other lenders are doing are doing things maybe they shouldn't. They're extending the terms. So if, if people are borrowing money at these rates, um, even governed within the National Credit Act of 25 to 36 percent, you, they shouldn't be borrowing this money for an extended period of time. Mm. You know, they should be borrowing for maximum six months. You know, they, 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 some of these lenders at the moment are, are lending for up to 84 months. Now, who, whoever's borrowing this money at these interest rates for a period of 84 months with no defined exit of this loan, there's no defined exit, they're entering into this loan, what is the exit? How do they repay? And that is the area that I am I'm a little bit unsure of when these unsecured lenders are advancing these funds. What is the end game? You know, you know, it's not, for example, in short-term loans. You know, uh, we, um, as an example, my business, we're in the short-term loan business, but we know what our exit is. We enter into an arrangement, a, a deal, and we know how do we get out of it. Borrowing money at these interest rates over a long period of time with no defined exit, that's a concern. And, and people end up with garnishy orders that are, that are just endless. Oh, completely. I mean, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the area that the, all these lenders should, should, should focus on is, is saying, obviously, there's an affordability test, um, which, you know, that's when the National Credit Act came into being, um, which was a very positive thing. Um, but, but again, mm. you know, how, how do they control what their exit is and how they're controlling how they're going to be repaid? And that's the big thing, Mr. Kovadia, because there has not been, as, as we've heard now from Mr. Palmer, that there hasn't been a decrease in, in, in the prices. But instead, what we've had is people competing for the borrower and as a result bombarding all of us with all sorts of advertising and giving us all sorts of uh, uh, unsavory terms. Well, you know, advertising the the... When the Jali inquiry was made, uh, one of the issues was advertising. It was found that, that the advertising authorities were not unhappy with the way advertising is happening, certainly the banks. Now, you know, the bottom line is what our other guest is saying mm. uh, is exactly what we're beginning to address, right? Uh, 
So what are the exit terms? How do we deal with garnish orders or emolument attachment orders? Transparency in the loans, information for, for, for borrowers. And, and all of that is being addressed through this agreement we made with National Treasury. And, and we're pretty close to actually putting proposals on the table to National Treasury and to the NCR and, and, and other authorities. Mm-hmm. And we believe that we will have tightened up on a lot of these things once those proposals are considered. Uh, the affordability guidelines, draft affordability guidelines have been released by the National Credit Regulator. We've certainly commented on those and we believe those need to be tightened up. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, again, it's, it's a question of do we, do banks is a message that some people are trying to send that banks should not be involved in, in unsecured lending or is a message that we should actually ensure that we all do this responsibly, both mm. from the borrower and lender side. And that's a very interesting question, okay. Mr. Mapaila. How do you answer? Should banks, big banks, big four banks in particular, be involved in this space or not? No, they should not do unsecured lending. They should do lending, proper lending within uh, the framework of the law. I think um, why? What, what, what if they they will uh, improve? In fact, I suppose un- the landscape. Unsecured lending should be prohibited. The reason why it is unsecured it means that uh, the borrower will be unable to meet the terms of the loan. That's what it is means. Is that what it means, though, Mr. But Palmer? No, no, no. Because I think that's a very that important point, Mr. Palmer. Unsecured lending, as far because you're going to hear on the other hand the argument that you you are completely for, for you know taking some excluding certain people from accessing credit on the basis that you need collateral. Isn't that the argument going to be if you say no more unsecured lending, Mr. Palmer? Yeah, I'm not saying there shouldn't be unsecured lending. And no, I but I'm just saying, with, uh, if, you were to, if, if you were to respond to what Mr. Mapaila is saying, that maybe actually we should ban unsecured lending. No, I don't think uh, you should do that at all. And, uh, and I also disagree with the fact that when he says that the banks shouldn't be in the space, you know, the banks um, are, you know, well governed. Um, and, you know, I, I do think in time, you know, if the banks are in this space, that it does increase competition and hopefully the positive effects of that will come out. So there's no reason why the banks shouldn't be in this space. And I actually feel more comfortable when the banks are in this space because they are governed by a lot a lot more regulations and um, you know, other lenders out there. You know, the, the competitive advantage you know, that the, the banks may have is in time because their cost of funding is a lot lower to maybe decrease the interest rates um, you know, to, to, to the ultimate borrowers. Um, and also, you know, the, the, this sector almost needed the banks to come into it because you had a lot of, you know, loan sharks out there and a lot of unregulated lenders out there who were doing – it's not just the lending, the, the money, which is the issue. It's also collecting. You know, some of the, 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 the methods used by a lot of these lenders um, in the past were unscrupulous in order to, to, to collect their money. So I, I don't have an issue with the banks uh, being in this space. Uh, you know, and, and I think that you know, if the banks are, they might have divisions that focus on unsecured lending. They might have divisions focused on mortgage-backed lending. You know, so I, I can't see why the banks shouldn't be. Mr. Mapaila, why shouldn't they be? To start with, I, I think um, we've, we've debated this in the past, but I think the, the situation is getting out of control, and that's what is worrying us now. The information that we have, um, Mr. Kovadi is saying that they even. There are even some proposals that they're engaging the treasurer with. I will, uh, that's done soon. In fact, should be should have been the other way around. The treasurer coming with proposal to engage all of us um, to participate in this debate and, and make some proposals. Because in the main, what we are dealing with in our communities uh, are problems where, because of uh, reckless lending, 
uh, which uh, uh, people have got themselves into, but more as a as a consequence of being tempted by by the methods of advertising, which now uh, were said not to be wrong, people are now losing their houses. And in fact, it has now become a big scam that is even uh, uh, that even the big four banks are participating into it, where you see that uh, someone's house is taken for owing about 11,000 rents that now they are unable to pay. When they, they take the house, another institution takes over the house, resell it at a higher price, over 200,000 rents, and so forth. But when they sell it, they will sell it at about 10 rents. We've seen houses sold at 10 rent, at 50 rent, 90 rent, and so forth, all because of reckless lending. Now, people's lives are, are completely uh, uh, corrupt and so forth. Uh, there's nothing they can do. They now live on the street and so forth. Also, at the base of this was the way in which um, the Kanishi orders are issued. So it's a whole entanglement. And we've also engaged with the South Carolina High Court, for instance, on this matter of unsecured, uh, I mean, of um, uh, unlawful Kanishi orders, which have been uh, a, a norm uh, in, in South Africa currently. Mm. And the banks, with some of the agents that work in or who actually abuse the system, have allowed this thing to happen. It happens right beneath their nose, and they've been doing nothing about it. All right. Uh, so many allegations. What I'll do, though, is open the lines as well on 0891 uh, Let's share experiences. What are your thoughts? What do you think is happening in this space? And how should it be dealt with? 0891 I'll take emails as well. Kuala X at sabc.co.za. Send me a uh, text message at 34701-34701. Let's hear what you think about this matter. Remember my guest on the program this morning, Solima Paila. He is the South African Communist Party's Deputy General Secretary. Also here with me in studio, Kas Kovadia, Managing Director of the Banking Association of South Africa. On the line, Gary Palmer, Chief Executive Officer of Paragon Lending Solutions. It's 8.30 now. Let's take your news update. Uh, Carmen Red is standing by. Good morning. The Forum at 8 with Olani Guala. Right, we'll take some calls then on 0891-104-208, talking about the issue uh, of uh, unsecured lending. I have Tami Sokut, who is the director of the African Bank on the line, who's just called. Mr. Sokut, good morning. Morning, morning. Uh, I'm very well. Thanks indeed for calling. Your thoughts on this matter? Yeah, I'd like to make a few points uh, because uh, some incorrect statements, in fact, some uh, misleading uh, statements have been made in this discussion mm-hmm. by Mr. Paila. Um, African Bank has not been found guilty of reckless lending. Mm-hmm. There is allegation against African Bank um, on the, for reckless lending, which we are in the process right now of defending, and we're going to defend it. Fortunately, we still have a due process in this country of law, um, and we are in that process now. And the second point I'd like to make is that was it not for unsecured lending? Many, many people in this country would not have access to credit. Um, African Bank uh, saw a market where there were people who needed credit to improve their houses, to take their children to school, um, etc., etc. Um, and uh, that's why we got into unsecured lending as a, 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 a business. Um, in terms of whether banks should be or should not be in unsecured lending, I think that if we were to do that, we will be sentencing um, a lot of people to say that we are not going to have access to credit because a lot of people cannot afford to have secured lending because they don't have assets. And Mr. Mapaila should know this. Um, they don't have assets. Um, the prices uh, of unsecured lending, um, because this point was also made earlier, have actually come down over time. 
Mm. Um, they, they have sexually come down over time. Uh, we can debate whether they've come down um, enough or not. That's a different issue. Um, but it is indeed uh, quite important to ensure that there is proper regulation, uh, which has been in place, which we participated and, and um, actually supported. Um, but it is very, very important, I think, for people in responsible positions not to make reckless statements because they, those can be read by um, by customers, but they should not pay the back their loans. And I, and I really do think that as a country collectively, we should uh, be responsible in what we say um, in public. No, and I really thank you for, for calling. Please don't put the phone down because uh, I, I just would like to ask you one or two questions. Perhaps Mr. Okay. Mapila as well may want to follow up on, on what you've just said because... How then, as African Bank, do you see the problem? What is at the nub of the problem? Because this issue has been raised for quite a while now. Yes. Um, what has happened is that um, African Bank was uh, um, one of the pioneers uh, in, in unsecured lending. Yeah. In fact, it probably was the, the, the only uh, big bank. Uh, we, we are still the, uh, the, the leader in unsecured lending space. At the time, uh, people were looking at this market, looking, seeing that it's very risky. They can't lend uh, to that to that market. What has happened is that, and I think the point has been made earlier, is that uh, mortgage uh, finance has uh, re- uh, recently been um, on a decline and dormant. Mr. Sokudu? Gee, we've lost Mr. Sokudu. All right. Uh, well, we'll try and perhaps and see if he's back on the line, maybe get him back on the line. Please call us back. Tami Sokudu, the director of the African Bank. Uh, how do you respond then to, to what Mr. Sokudu is, is, is saying here, Mr. Mapaila? Well, first on the on, on the unsecured lending. He says you, your statements are irresponsible, by the way. Yeah, of course. That's what uh, uh, everyone is worried about because they don't want us to raise these things. When we said this thing last year, Lesita uh, Khaino said the same thing. This year, Reserve Bank itself and the Treasurer agreed with what we have said. I'll be happy next time to, to meet with uh, Mr. Sokutu here and have a further discussion in public when he will be admitting to the wrongs that have been done. In fact, African Bank, he will, he will tell us, uh, he, he deals with this thing on a daily basis, they've made over 9 billion profits out of this thing. So that is why they can accept to pay a fine because they don't care about uh, the real impact. What is an issue that perhaps... Uh, but you, you could they're exploiting it. customers... No, the entire market, the entire market. There's no benefit for customers. There is benefit because of lack of access to to funding. Yeah, but no way. Especially for people who do not have collateral, who do not have assets. No, no, no. That space, that space. We have in the past protected that space, but we think now that space has been abused severely. For instance, if um, if you look at the Competition Commission's laws. uh, if, for instance, let's say African Bank, uh, they are going to defend it because they've got the money, they've got they've got a nine billion profit that they made, so they can use that to to, to defend themselves. But if they were to be found guilty, they will not they won't, they won't even be charged to one billion, for instance. They will be charged far less. So it doesn't matter for as long as they have money, they will get best lawyers and defend themselves and continue to rip off the people. Mm. So they don't want us to say this. People are losing their houses. So but what, what should we say? The alternative. No, that's why we have said we need stricter regulation in this framework. We need, for instance, to to give more powers and to give support to the national credit regulator to do its work. And in the contrary, on the contrary, in fact, that's the reason why uh, even the Reserve Bank was worried when we we, we raised our statement there. On the contrary, you find that uh, they now want to actually ameliorate uh, the national credit regulator 
into the FS Financial Services bo- uh, 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 Board. So that, because that Financial Services Board is, is actually uh, an institution in the Treasury, so they can deal away with the capacity of the NCR to chase these reckless lenders, to put them to order and so on. Mr. Kupai, I'm going to come to you because I'm really trying to understand, Mr. Mapaila, you are suggesting the Treasury is effectively in bed with the banks. And and you're suggesting, of course, that together they are exploiting the poverty of the people who do not have access to credit. Exactly, but they're doing it nice through these institutions. For instance, the reason why now there's a bill that the, the, the Treasury is proposing that bill which will seek to do away with the NCR so that it can just be a division within the Financial Services Board, which is primarily controlled by the Reserve Bank. Gee, Mr. Tem- Mr. Kutu is, has called back because he really needs to respond to some of these. This is quite important, uh, Mr. Sokutu. Yeah. Um, I think uh, just on the question of the NCR, it's important that uh, we have a strong NCR in the country and we support it and work with the NCR. Um, it is important that uh, the NCR helps the Banking sector to improve uh, market conduct issues, and so there is no problem with this. Uh, we we actually work with it very closely and support it. But I think what what um, uh, is important to be noted, uh, in particular to the reason why we've been uh, having this growth in unsecured lending, is because um, banks have been looking to other streams for revenue purposes, but also because uh, customers have been looking to access credit as well. Um, so. It is a cycle that we're in. This cycle is going to change. It's not going to perpetrate. Uh, cycles come and go, and this is one of them that's going to happen. So I don't, as the point has been made, quality um, has significantly increased because the loan sizes are relatively small and because the overall book is still relatively small um, as well. Uh, it is not it is not introducing systemic risk um, in, in the banking sector. And we've looked at that. By the way, when an African bank was the first bank um, to announce to the to the investors and to the public that uh, we, we are concerned about the increase in unsecured lending um, and that there could be risk coming into the system. So it's not that we are putting our hands our heads in the sand here and saying that there is, there is no concern. Mm. Oh, however, but we can raise it. Only they can raise it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right, Mr. Sukuri, just one second. Yeah, Mr. Kovaya. Okay. Just, just I I just want to make a couple of points very clear. Hmm. We have never said that the SACP has no right to raise any issues. We are democracy. They, they can ra- raise the issues. I think all we are saying is that let's raise issues in a way that does not actually create problems, but actually deals with problems. Okay? So, so we suggest what? We, we suggest that they are creating problems. No. Whoever raises issues, okay, let's raise them in a way that actually begins to deal with issues. Problems and well, rather than solutions, today. okay, mm. and and so and and so that anybody has the right to raise issues. All right, all all I am saying is that as Tommy says, we we raise the issue of unsecured credit that there are problems in it, there are inefficiencies in the system, and so on. And what did we do? We started dealing with those issues. Okay, we believe we will have dealt with those issues once that work is complete. All right. Also, let me just. Amplify what Tommy has said. Nobody has said we don't need a national credit regulator. I was in Parliament sitting next to the national credit regulator telling Parliament that we need a national credit regulator that is effective, that, that implements the National Credit Act, 
And if people are guilty of reckless lending, they must suffer the consequences of the law. All right? And, and Tom is right. On African Bank on Capitec, no decisions have been taken. They haven't been found guilty of anything yet. Okay? And, and, and they have every right to defend of the course. cases. All right? So, so let's, be, let's get our facts straight. All right. Uh, Mr. Sukudu, just please hold the line. I hope you're not rushing okay. anywhere because I need to take one or two calls here. Funani in okay. Eastern Cape, good morning. Thanks, Colin, and greetings to your guests. I'll yeah, be welcome. quick. Yeah. Firstly, I think it's quite, co- it's quite correct what uh, SACP is raising about Capitec African Bank and many of these other banks benefiting from the majority of black people because it is quite, it is common knowledge that Capitec African Bank are largely patronized by black people. However, SACP is backing at the wrong tree because if our people are not going to these banks or any of the banks, they will still go to loan sharks in, the, in, in our communities where they will be charged 80, 90, up to 100%. In our view, as Azapo, we've argued in the past when this discussion first surfaced that we need to talk about causes of people being so susceptible to these invites by banks. Our people see opulence around them. You have people who live very large. Because we can't keep up, we are not, un- we are unemployed, we don't have money, we are poor, that kind of thing, then unsecured lending is the only response that our people have actually, you know, adopted. Because we want to live like others, those who just became very rich, you know, just recently. What we've argued, secondly, is that SACP is a member of a tripartite alliance. When they start to criticize Treasury that they are part of, how can they be a problem and be a solution to that problem? If SACP wants to be a solution, if it wants to provide a solution, it cannot be part of the mud and then tell other people outside that they are dirty. We are saying the problem is the system itself. Okay. SACP is part of that system. All right, that's Funan in Eastern Cape. I'll take more calls, 0891 Also, SMS me at uh, um, 34701. Let me see if there are one or two emails perhaps uh, before I go to Mr. Palmer because I would like Mr. Palmer to talk on the issues of checks and balances because these allegations are about the future of the NCR and whether or not it will come under the FSB, become perhaps a toothless dog and so on, is really about the checks and balances in the system. Uh, but before you respond to that, there's an email here uh, that says, have we taken the pedal of campaign? Oh, all right. No, it's in reference to a little earlier discussion earlier on about uh, HIV and AIDS. But uh, Mr. Palmer, checks and balances in the system. Yes, I mean, I'm not uh, part of the national uh, credit regulators. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the checks and balances that are currently in place, but I would add a few more checks and balances to that, as I mentioned earlier about, <clears throat> for example, w- w- where's the money going? So, you know, you lend money to somebody, I believe half the money that's being used is, is, is for revolving credit. So, in other words, somebody's got a loan, they've had a loan for two years, and suddenly they can't repay that loan, so they go back to the lender and they get another loan just to repay the first loan. So obviously that is very uh, and very unhealthy situation. So I would imagine that before credit is extended, you know, there should be additional questions asked um, in terms of where the money is going. You know, um, I think the majority of the money, which was mentioned a little bit earlier, is in terms of I would say uh, consumption. You know, for to to to, to put food on the table um, and also to you know for entertainment. Now, it's very important to understand the minute you're extending credit from, from for a lifestyle perspective. You know, just to 
you know, um, allow somebody to <clears throat> buy the most expensive washing machine that's out there? You know, is that necessary? Yeah. You know, so I think that there needs to be a lot more due diligence around where the money is going. To fund lifestyle uh, with no fixed term of repayment um, is is really a big risk. And and that's where I would like to come you to come in, Mr. Sokudu, then, because uh, banks are accused of, uh, particularly uh, banks that are operating in this space, are accused of extending uh, credit without the necessary due diligence, as we've heard from Mr. Palmer. Your last thoughts, Mr. Sukutu? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hi, um, please. Yeah. For the past few years, we've been conducting research using an independent research company to find out what are our customers using the money for. And consistently, um, between 25 and 30% of our customers say that they use their loans for improving their houses. Um, and about another 25% they say that they use their, their loans for education, education their children. We go around the country as we speak now, um, meeting customers and meeting uh, staff members on a roadshow. They were hearing stories of customers who are telling us that they are very happy because this day they joined African Bank, they were able to take their children to school. And without, without that, they would not be able to take their children to school. Yes, there are other customers, perhaps, who, who use um, to, to buy a washing machine. But frankly, I, I'm not sure to what extent we can... Uh, babysit uh, uh, people. I think that people are generally uh, responsible individuals. If um, the only way for someone to have a washing machine is to get a loan because they don't earn enough, I don't have a reason why um, those people should actually be prevented from getting a loan. The issue is that the loan should be responsible. Um, they must be extended to people who can afford it. And we 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 don't do revolving loans. We've got um, short-term loans and now uh, recently we've got longer-term loans. Um, and there is an exit. Uh, when customers want to exit uh, from a uh, in four months or three six months uh, loan, they can come and settle. Mm. So well, it's not true that there's no there's no exit uh, from from this time. Well, well, Mr. Palmer raised that issue of of uh, people offering up to 84 months in certain instances, yeah. where just in perpetuity, people have these loans, and therefore you end up with these garnishy orders, which yeah. to a certain extent um, are, are are said to be responsible for some of the unrest that's going on in the mining sector, Mr. Sukutu. Yes. Okay. Firstly, I I think um, that uh, we cannot brush all banks with uh, one brush. Uh, African Bank does have garnish orders, um, but very, very minimal in terms of the number. We've got 3.2 million um, uh, customers. We, we, we don't even have um, up to 200,000 garnish orders. Uh, in fact, they are far less than that. Um, so, but also, I think that it's important to note that garnish orders are a legitimate means of collecting. But there are people who are abusing garnish orders, and that's what we need to take out of the system. And we're working on that now, as Kess said earlier. Um, to see how do we take out the, 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 the abuse of the system. Okay. The, the, the other point I want, to, I want to make, though, is that, as we speak, the SACP is involved in uh, promoting um, and supporting uh, credit amnesty that we're talking about, uh, where people's records um, must be wiped out from, um, from the credit bureaus for a certain period and certain loan size, etc. But what, what's, gonna, what's that going to do? That's going to make people's records disappear, and therefore um, they're going to come and ask for loans and cancel their records. What, what, what does, how does he um, actually respond to that? All right. Uh, get a quick response then from, from Mr. Mapaila before we let Mr. Sukudu go. No, obviously, I think uh, part of the problem is with this question of um, uh, people listed in the credit bureau, you know, it's a, it's a long, long, long issue that has affected the black communities in the main. 
including areas, for instance, so it was blacklisted by the big banks until we, we took up a campaign to, 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 uh, to the big banks and so forth. Now Soweto is booming economically and so forth, but many, many more people are still uh, on the credit bureau for very small amounts of money, and some of them who are unemployed, they will not be able to, to move on with their lives until those, those, those records are wiped off. So we have said that the records must be wiped off, but people can start on a clean slate within a secured means and in, in, including a process where uh, a credit test can be, can be done. So if that is done, we're happy with, with, with the process. And in fact, uh, we're not uh, necessarily fighting African Bank. He knows last year we had a meeting with African Bank as the SACP. Yeah, but they operate in the no, space. No, yes, no, of mm-hmm. course, they operate in the, in the space. But it doesn't mean that we can't raise issues in, the, in, the, in, the, in that space that they operate, particularly when they affect the people that are, are members of our constituency that we represent. So... That space, I think, we want it to be a clean space, a space that people can use, and they can use even productively. In fact, we've been uh, raising concern that, uh, that the space should not just be uh, consum- loans for co- consumables only, but it should be loans that should sustain people uh, for, for, for many, many years to come. So it shouldn't just be because I want to have a party and then I go and, and get a, a loan because I qualify, I get the loan and so forth. So there should be even some questions about what you want to use the loan for. Okay. Right. I, um, can, I, can I make one last point, please? Mr. Sukudu, yes. Because I, I think Mr. Paila is actually, I'm, I'm happy that he's moved to, to, to a point where he says this space is legitimate but must be clean. I'm happy that he's now not saying that we must close it down because that is not the right and responsible. Which is where we started. Which is where we yeah. started, Mr. Mr. Paila, by saying yeah. that actually there what, shouldn't be what? unsecured lending. We have yes. never said it but, is, but, it is but not clean. But he's saying now that uh, when people in Soweto um, had access to credit, then they started booming. He's, he's contradicting himself. So the point he's making is that... No, when, when he fought against blacklisting of Soweto, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but then that, that, yes. uh, that, that ensured that they got access to of credit. Of course, yes. Yeah. Didn't so so well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with people accessing credit? There's nothing wrong. That's why we fought for it, uh, Mr. Sukutu. Yes, but mm-hmm. all I'm saying is, uh, if you're asking for a credit amnesty, you are putting people in a situation whereby there will be no credit record. And therefore, um, that is, is likely to promote actually um, reckless lending, where, where we lend to people who uh, cannot afford loans, but you can't see their records that they can afford loans. Yeah, but is that true, Mr. Sukud? Is that what will happen? Because well, people are saying that the, the, the record may still be there, but it's just that you are not listed at the moment. Isn't that what the, 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 the amnesty is about? Yes, it, it is about that, but you will not see that record if, 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 if uh, it's not listed. No. The amnesty is saying that that certain records for certain people earning up to certain amounts would be expunged. Yeah. Okay. We've come out publicly against an amnesty. If there are problems in the credit bureau system, if people are incorrectly listed and so on, we can deal with that. Let's talk about that. Mm. But to send out within the context of what people say we have over-indebtedness, to send out a message of an amnesty we believe is incorrect, it's inappropriate, and it will actually either tighten up credit or make credit more expensive. But, but we've had one before, Mr. Kovadia. And, 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 and immediately after that, impairments went up. All right. Because there was no test process. There was no, no means Because there was yeah. no information available to no. do the lending. So wrong people were given the money. Because they were, no, you can't give information people. was wiped out. So... 
that no information discriminatory information was wiped out then, that's then what we've been fighting then we must deal with it don't declare an amnesty deal with discriminatory information if no, they if what, they do, what does discriminatory information mean no in the main the the banks discriminate that, that's the reason why the african bank entered the space because the big banks discriminated against black areas not just individuals. Black so so you're, areas. you're saying that blacklisting is also uh, racially skewed? Yes, it was. And that's part of the reason. And, and in some instances, people were, 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 were put on the credit bureau for owing five rand. Some of them, they did not even know that they own five rand. For instance, we've got a, 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 club, right. a club membership. I know we're moving away from what we're discussing, but it's part of the no, whole thing because it's, part it's about the, indebtedness it's, it's and how you the, deal of, with of broader. the whole thing. Mm. And we have been, Cass uh, uh, knows about this thing. Since 2002, we've been working on this, on this kind of problems. We've not resolved them over 11 years now. That is why in, on the 10th anniversary of the, of the financial sector campaigns that we launched as a as communist party, we also feel that it's important that we must deal with this clean state expunge all those, those, those details that were discriminatory, that refuses black people in the main uh, to participate in the economy because they are blacklisted. So once you deal with that, individually when they come to the bank, a means test must be conducted. One that is, that is done... But how do you conduct it when there is no record? Because a means no, test is supposed to be no, based what on it, what your means that record of payment. No, 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 no. What it means is that you come in cleanly as Tolanagwala and they look at you because they've expunged that information. Because now you can afford, but that information... But they won't, able, they won't be yeah. able to know whether I can pay or my record no, says I do that, pay. That's what the, the, the means test can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it will do. It All will right. sort out that... Let me quickly take Sigo in Durban. Sigo, good morning. Sigo, are you there? All right, a couple of SMSs here. Banks find ways to make money. Why are we surprised unsecured lending does play a positive role in the economy? A key issue here is the fact that the financial literacy is low among borrowers in this country. Educate them and stop acting like uh, a nanny. That's TY in Johannesburg. Um, Unsecured lending should be regulated, but reckless statements by the SACP should be avoided. SACP should engage in making uh, better access for common people. That also is another SMS. Also, somebody says, bank find ways to make money. Uh, confusion. African bank has helped so many people who other banks could not help, says somebody on SMS. A reason is the public spend of 275 billion rand on gambling and banks speculating. Anthony says so. Uh, also, somebody says, uh, African bank are the worst and they don't explain to the applicants that the interest uh, will be compounded monthly. That's Kabazela. Trying to resolve now for more than six months. They are above the law. I'm under a debt review court order given in August of 2010. Standard Bank only wants to implement from May 2013. Why is access to credit only a problem when it involves the formal sector? When has the SACP ever agitated against loan sharks? These are some of the SMSs coming through. I'm going to ask my guest to wrap up for me here. Uh, perhaps I should start with you, Gary Palmer, on the line. Uh, just moving forward, it's a complicated matter, but what do you suggest be done? What are your recommendations? Okay, it, it is a complicated matter, <clears throat> and I just want to close in saying that uh, unsecured lending is important in South Africa, um, and it does, uh, you know, there is probably a direct correlation between the amount of lending uh, in the market and GDP growth. So I don't believe that you should just put a stop to unsecured lending. I think it's got a very important role to play. Having said that, I don't think one should be providing this level of unsecured lending without proper training and um now, really focusing on financial uh, financial literacy, I would like to just you know think about a lot of the borrowers who might be 
you know, uh, receiving a lot of SMSs from lenders and almost being pushed into be, to borrow money without fully understanding the implications. Mm. You know, I, I actually ran, um, you know, just out of my own time, um, some financial literacy uh, classes um, in, in Cape Town. And um, out of all the classes I ran, I think about maybe 10% of the people attending actually understood what interest rates meant. The term interest rate, what it meant, what implications it had. Um, so whilst they, you know, it's very easy to borrow money okay. um, without fully understanding what are the implications if you default, what are the implications of interest okay. rate increases, etc. So financial literacy is important. Is financial literacy. Let me end it right there and come to Mr. Kaskovadia. What do you think we should do? No, I would echo what's been said uh, and by Gary, but I would also say that unsecured lending is is an, an, an instrument of credit that people use and will continue using. Mm-hmm. That's all put our efforts together to actually concentrate on where there are inefficiencies, where there may be abuses, and deal with those so that we ensure that this has been done both responsibly by lenders, but mm-hmm. also borrowers become responsible. Zampaila? Yeah, I think that it's important that uh, we tighten up regulator framework um, and ensure that uh, we move more towards uh, secured lending uh, in that way that uh, we can protect uh, the people who borrow from these uh, banking institutions. But equally, uh, we shouldn't bring uh, confusion into this uh, uh, sector by trying to deny problems uh, that exist. Uh, otherwise, we will not, we'll not be able to, to resolve them. Okay, I've got to thank you all for your time this morning. Really, really appreciate it. By the way, there was also Thomas Okutu, who is the director of uh, African Bank on the line for us, who called this morning. Really appreciate it. Solomon Paila, he's SACP's Deputy General Secretary. Uh, I've also got here in studio Casco Vadia, who is the Managing Director at the Banking Association of South Africa. On the line, Gary Palmer, Chief Executive Officer of Paragon Lending Solutions. I thank you for listening to our program this day. I thank you indeed for the contributions as well. We shall do this again tomorrow. Thanks to the team. Until tomorrow then, cheers.